Good evening, Instagram. Good evening, the rest of you. Um, I'm Rick Dancer, and this is Get Real with Rick Dancer. Uh, we are broadcasting live out of Townsend, Montana, uh, which if you don't know where that is, it's about, um, well, oh, what is it? 35 minutes, oh, kind of south of um, Helena, Montana. Um, and tonight, it's your night. You can ask questions if you want to. Um, people, we did a survey recently and people, um, the reason I keep looking up is we have Instagrammers up here and we have you guys here. So you can comment if you have a question. Um, if you're on my Facebook pages, you can give me your email and I can bring you on the show. Um, but we are going to, this is your night. You get to have the conversation. You get to control it. Uh, we talk about Montana stuff. We'll talk about Oregon stuff. Um, talk about personal stuff if you want. Um, we'll answer your questions or what you want to know. I I learned today, and I knew this was coming, that you and Oregon have a new governor, uh, Tina Kotek. Um, how are you feeling about that? Are you feeling like that's going to go well? <clears throat> I saw that uh, just a few moments ago, um, the Republicans, uh, their caucus, put out a notice um, kind of it looks like they're trying to work, you know, trying to put out a good feeler, putting out a message, saying what they want, um, kind of where they're going to go, deal with homelessness, deal with law enforcement, that kind of stuff. It looks like they're throwing out a carrot, you know, which is good. In Ohio for arrest, what's going on here? <laughs> I don't know what's going on in Ohio. I have no idea. My wife is from Ohio, North Canton area. Um, so it looks like the Republicans in Oregon are trying to put out at least a message on the first day because she was just, um, what is that? What did they do? Installed? I know there's another word for it. Sworn in as governor today. So um, yeah, it seems like the Republicans are putting their best put forward. Um, Rick, this is Lee. Question. I have seen a guitar in the background. Do you play? And if so, would you play something and post it? Um, I have a... Um, Actually, it's a 12-string Takamai, Takamane, I don't know, I never say it right, um, guitar um, that I used to play at weddings. I haven't played for a long time. Um, sometime I might do that. Um, you are, you're, you're, you're looking, aren't you? You're kind of spying on me. Oh, you see it back there? Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you one, I'll tell you something really cool. Um, a few years ago, I took that. Let me get it for you. Hold on. I took it to a music store in Oregon and I walked in and I opened it up and everybody in the room came over and they said, oh my gosh, is that a Takamane? Again, I say it wrong, but Takamane Lawsuit Edition. And I'm like, what? I don't even know what that is. So <clears throat> what this is, it's a 12 string and it's, it's a, that's the name of it right there, right there. And it is in perfect condition. It is a lawsuit edition. And what that means is back in the day, this company copied this guitar off of a Gibson Takamini. Thank you, Leah. So it's Takamini Lawsuit Edition. And they 
they mimic this guitar. There was a lawsuit. Takamini had to stop making the guitars, which makes my guitar actually quite valuable. <laughs> so I told my boys, if mom and I die, and there's only two things you shouldn't get rid of that you need to remember. That's this guitar and the Persian rug in the front room because it has papers. <laughs> did you know that they did that? Like with Persian rugs, it's her, her family gave it to us. Um, they, it's, they have papers like a dog for a rug. And so I don't know how much it's worth, but I had a guy from Persia who was a friend of mine walk in my house one time when I was in Oregon. And he goes, do you know what that is? <clears throat> and I said, yeah, it's a Persian rug. He goes, no, that's, that's made in Iran. That's a really valuable rug. Does it have papers? He says to me, and I'm like, how does everybody know they have papers? So when the fires were here and we got evacuated, we took our papers, <clears throat> our pictures, business stuff, no furniture, but we took the rug <laughs> and the guitar because <laughs> I knew that the rug was, I thought, gosh, if that thing gets destroyed, I'm going to be in big trouble. So um, our show tonight is sponsored by New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. And you guys, they have a special, a Groupon right now, a Groupon ticket <clears throat> that you can get one, uh, a new client can get a one-time treatment for $51.20. It's on Groupon. Um, and the other thing that they're doing right now that's really important for Oregonians is I know it's been cloudy and rainy for a while. They're doing... Um, light therapy. So you can go in there and get, you know, for people like me who, when it gets really dark and you get depressed and you can't get, it's called sad. You get that sad syndromes. What is it? I can't remember what that definition is. Hey, Chris, you're in bed. It's good to see you. Um, but you can go in there and get a treatment and that helps a lot. I used to do that. It helps a lot. Um, so anyway, that's new leaf. <clears throat> Just give them a call. Find out more about that. Also we're sponsored by new, uh, Christiano Family Dentistry. Um, they now do dentures. They have a dentures on staff. So if you've lost a tooth or something is wrong with your teeth and you have to have them pulled, they have the full, they can do full dentures or partial dentures. And of course they do everything else too, like um, crowns. I've had my crowns put in there. Uh, Dr. Chris uh, Bratlin, Chris, Michael Bratlin. I had somebody else say that to me the other day. Oh yeah, you know, that's something you can let me do. Tell me where you're from. I love seeing that. There's somebody in Halsey. No, this business is in Bend. I'm in the Roseburg area. What business, um, Chris, <clears throat> are you talking about? Seasonal depression disorder. I think it's sad is the A is seasonal something that, but you're right. <clears throat> and I used to get that being in Oregon. That's one way to fix it. <clears throat> the other sponsor is BS Free MD. Um, <clears throat> if you haven't seen this, that you just mentioned. Oh, okay. Um, if you have not seen their podcast, BS Free MD, it's Tim and May. They're doctors. They're out of the Sweet Home area, and they do a great podcast on all kinds of medical issues and other stuff, but mostly medical issues. And they're one of our sponsors. But if you just go to Spotify, look up BS, like bullshit, free, MD, and that's where you can find them. Uh, you're from Springfield, seasonal affected disorder. Chris Dixon wins. That's what it is, Kevin. <clears throat> it's seasonal affective disorder. And light therapy really, really helps from that. <clears throat> Laura is from Umpqua Valley. Hey, Brian Ford, how are you doing? I'm in 
seen that name for a long time. So somebody was asking me the other day, um, just a question about um, <clears throat> my life and, you know, was were you always somebody who spoke and got up and was, was familiar with the camera and knew how to do this and stuff? And I really wasn't. I remember in, uh, in high school, they took an F in a speech class because uh, I was afraid to get up and give a speech about how to make a submarine sandwich. But I had this teacher in a community college and his name, all I know is his name was Paul. And he um, was a writer for Bewitched, the television series. Hey, BS Free MD, I just mentioned you as a sponsor and told people where to find you. And there they are, they're right over here on Instagram. She always plays on Instagram. So anyway, I had this teacher and he, um, <clears throat> he, he tells me, you know, I was a terrible at making a speech. I had to take a speech class because I needed one more credit and there was nothing else. And I hated speech because I got an F in speech class in high school. I just was afraid. I didn't want to do it. Um, so I get this class at the community college and it's a lot of older people in community colleges, you know, and I was just like a 20 year old kid and, um, get in there <clears throat> and the teacher, he realizes I cannot plan a speech. I'm, working on it and I just get up and I get so flustered because I'm trying to do the right thing. So one day he just comes into class. He says, okay, it's improv day. Um, we're going to just, you're just going to tell me a story of something that really happened and Rick to answer, you're going first. And I had no time to think, no time to be scared. I got up, just started telling a story and the story doesn't matter, but I had the whole class captivated. They were laughing. They were smiling. Um, and I'm up there doing this. And he looks at me and he says, what did you just learn about yourself today? And I said, I think I'm a communicator. And he says, you are. So go communicate. <clears throat> so here's the funny part. My dad was a speech teacher. So he was always trying to teach me how to do a speech. But my dad was like really particular. And he followed guidelines like he was if there was a right way <clears throat> to write the thing down or to gesture your hands or move yourself, he would do it, but it was all planned. And I always thought it looked kind of fake because he wasn't, it wasn't natural. He was a wonderful speech writer and a good speaker, <clears throat> but it was all kind of too perfect, I guess. And so he and I just kind of clashed a lot that way. And I remember one time, he came and actually listened to me give a speech and he walked up to me afterwards and he said, you do everything wrong. You don't do it the right way, but somehow it works and I don't understand it. And <clears throat> to me, that was a compliment. It was saying, um, and that's how I've always been my whole life. Um, gone against the grain. <clears throat> never quite fit in, um, never, nothing ever came just like super easy. And I think sometimes people have the wrong idea. They look at me and think, Oh, look, you're so successful at this and you do this and you do this. And, but that's not the experience that I have, that I feel even now in my life. Um, it's always, um, you know, I'm, I'm 63 years old. And I thought, <laughs> I don't know what I thought, um, but I, you know, I, <clears throat> I think that we all have this image of success and what it's supposed to be and how that works. And I think, um, 
I think sometimes God plays, well, when I say this, um, yeah, Kevin, Kevin says down here, you have the gift of gab and you don't care what others think. I, I guess I kind of do, you know, I don't want to be looked at as an asshole. And I feel like right now, a lot of people are, are seeing me that way. Um, because I've stood up to the COVID stuff and <clears throat> here's the deal. I'm a question asker. It doesn't, I can't help it. I spent my life as a journalist and when, when something doesn't, when Dr. Fauci comes out and says, you can't talk about something and I'm not trying to be political here. I'm just trying to explain something. When somebody tells me you can't talk about this, I am the science. All kinds of red flags go up for me. Because first of all, you cannot, when you tell me I can't, I will. And when you tell me I can't, I think the first thing I think is, what are you hiding? And so I'm always looking, I'm skeptical of that and I'm not very trusting. And I think those are really good qualities if you're gonna be a journalist. But when you're a human being, it can make people really angry with you. And right now, that's how sometimes it feels. Like there's a lot of people <clears throat> who are just very angry. Um, and, you know, I've got people that don't want to do stories because, or come on the show because they don't want to be affiliated with Rick Dancer. I've never had that in my life. So for me asking questions when I was a journalist, people liked it because I was asking hard questions. Now in the culture we live in now, I ask hard questions and it makes people put me in a camp. Oh, if you are questioning Dr. Fauci, you're a Republican. <laughs> I was in Oregon, I was a non-affiliated voter for decades. When, when I ask questions of the Biden administration, all of a sudden I'm a Trumper, <laughs> you know? And I'm laughing and I think that's funny, but it's not funny. I think it's like super sad um that we have come to a place where that's what it's like you know i mean so so it makes you feel like you're not successful at what you're doing and then i go back to a story i heard when i did a documentary on senator mark hatfield from oregon um he was really good friends with mother Teresa, and i remember he had a story where he said he went to mother Teresa one time and he said you know how do you do it you come out here and you help thousands of people who are starving, but you know, as you're doing that, that hundreds of thousands more will die. And he said, Mother Teresa patted him on the hand and she said, oh, Mark, I was not called by God to be successful. I was called to be faithful. So I kind of have to remind myself from time to time is I was not called to be successful in the eyes of the world. I'm called to be faithful and to listen to God and, and do what I think he's telling me to do. So, so today I was kind of having a hard time and I read something. I want to read this to you if, you. if it's just a sentence, but it says, I was reading this devotional and it said, 
Beloved, whenever you are doubtful as to your calling, submit your judgment absolutely to the Spirit of God and ask him to shut against you every door but the right one. So to like actually go to God and ask him to shut every door but the right one. <clears throat> now, I know that sounds kind of good, but it is kind of scary too. Because, and so I, I had this, and I'm sorry if you don't believe in visions, <clears throat> it, it, not your thing, but I had this vision when I was younger of standing in a hallway and there was door after door after door. And as a younger man, I walked up and I just go open every single door, just run in and see, oh, this might be it, this might be it, this might be it. Then at the end of the hallway, there stood God. And he said, Rick, just ask me which one. You don't have to open all these doors. Just ask me which one. And I guess that's kind of what's happening now. At 63, um, you know, I'm, I'm finally seeing him there and taking him for, for his word, saying, oh, okay, I don't have to go running around trying to do all this. I just have to wait for that door. Um, Gene, I will not back down. I can't. That's the problem. That's the hardest part of this. It would be so easy to just succumb. People come on and say, why don't you just talk about, you know, happy things and quit dwelling on this stuff? Be because it's wrong. This is like, I, I spent my career trying to find out the truth as a journalist. I wanted to be the Secretary of State for Oregon so I could bring truth to Oregon. That obviously was the wrong door. It didn't mean it was bad to go in and do it, but that's obviously not what God had planned for me. And now your state's going in the shitter. So here I sit and going, um, the world has flawed expectation and gets results that show it. Um, wow, that's awesome. What a vision. Good evening. Hey, Dakota. So, you know, that's where, it, it, but, but, but I can't, I can't just back down and all of a sudden be the nice Rick Dancer that people liked back when I was on the news. Because see, the, the, the nice Rick Dancer that was there on the news was a frustrated person who couldn't say what he thought who had to cover stuff that was just bullshit. Um, you know, if I never see another story about Christmas tree safety, bit, really? Like, don't light a candle near a dry tree in your house. I mean, if we have to tell somebody that, it may be too late for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I know a lot of people die from having, you know, having um, cooking with briquettes in their house, but shouldn't we know better? <laughs> They'd assign me those stories and I'd go, oh my God, you know, or, you know, sunscreen safety, you know, you know, I don't know. I am told I can't, I take it here, but I realize now, live your life for yourself, not others. You're awesome. Yeah, you know it. Um, 
yeah, uh, Shelly says a really good point over here. Um, and Scott, thank you, Scotty. Keep pushing, bro. I, I, th I think if we're, if, if we're not true to what we believe, and I, I guess we don't have to be obnoxious about it. And sometimes, you know, I had a, a guy write me a note today and he thought I was talking about him when I was talking about something else. I probably shouldn't have talked about any of it, but, um, you know, I had to apologize and, and, you know, despite what people think, you know, at 63, you still make a lot of mistakes. And, um, and how can some commentators share things they don't believe in? Um, Larice, I think it's, um, honestly, I think it's because it's easy. Now, back in my day in the news, we didn't have as much. Um, I mean, if, if I had done what people do today on the news, my boss would have fired me, even if I was more conservative than the rest of the newsroom. They would have never let me get away with doing a story. And I saw KUCI put out a notice today. We're looking for people who are moving to Oregon. We want to do a story on why you want to move to Oregon. Don't you think right now the bigger story in Oregon is why so many people are leaving. I mean, I just read a statistic that said Oregon was in like the top five. Now people are still moving there, but people are exiting at a high rate. Wouldn't that be the story that KEZAI should be covering or asking the question? But see, they can't because they'll make people mad. The people who, who, who cancel you will then go, you can't do that. And the pressure's on. So we want to we wanna paint a better picture of Oregon. So that's the bullshit. Is, so we're going to ask people, why are you moving here? Or at least do both. Why are you moving here? Why are you leaving? I mean, that would be the way to do a real news story. But that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for, they have, a, a, we, if they did the story about why people are leaving, I think they're afraid um, that people will stop watching them, which people are stopping watching them anyway. But it's the same thing that happens to me. You get canceled or people don't want to be on your show or they don't want to um, support you or something like that because they don't want to be affiliated with that. And that's a weird thing for me because I've never, I've always, I was always kind of middle of the road. And once I put my foot over the line, um, I understand how dangerous it is and it's costing me money you know that's the bottom line um that's what it is it it costs you money hi rick love you my friend they are a bunch of sheeple yeah but you know um and and that's what i don't and i know some people get mad when i do this but I so that i don't experience that here in montana People don't like that. Um, they're just not. I'm, I, I don't know if I told you guys the story, but I'm on the elliptical machine at the gym the other day, and there's a lady next to me, and she kind of looks like a hippie. And I mean, not a you know, not a hippie hippie, but just you know, a little more liberal. And and she, you know, she's so she starts. We're we're on there, and all of a sudden she kind of starts making fun of me, and I'm going, oh, I love this. So I threw it back, and she goes. I knew I'd like you. And I went, what? She goes, I could tell that you were like that. She goes, that's why I did that. I wanted to see how you'd react. So then when she's playing with me, you know, so we start talking and she goes, what brought you here? I said, oh, Oregon was just too, um, 
too anal when it came to the, the vaccine. I said, and mean. I said, you know, because Kathy and I weren't vaxxed, uh, people would come up and actually shun us, you know, and wouldn't invite us to things because we were not vaccinated. And this lady goes, oh, I'm not vaccinated. That's the biggest joke. And I'm a nurse. And she goes, oh, and the mask thing, those don't work. I'm a nurse. I know they don't work. And she says, and I'm a Democrat. <laughs> and I, I went, oh, my gosh. Thank you, God. I don't think Democrats are bad people, not when you live in Montana, but I think that ideology of progressivism is destructive and destroyed Oregon and it's made people so they don't, they aren't even, they can't even look at two sides of an issue. It's whatever this message is, whatever the, the, whatever the culture is saying, whether it's woke bullshit or racism or whatever it is, they can't even see that when they start preaching my body, my choice for abortion, that why isn't it my body, my choice when it comes to a vaccine? And then you tell me I'm killing someone. So are you. And I'm really not. So how, how does any of that jive? And yet we live in a world no, we don't. I, I, no, I, I don't. You live in a world where that is, it's the peer pressure and, and it's the same people. I know a woman who I had to kick off my page who years ago we were doing, she was doing extensive research on bullying in, in the schools. And I did some shows with her. She was kind of half crazy, but she was interesting. And, and, but, but then now when COVID came, I had to kick her off because she was on the page bullying me for having a different opinion. <laughs> so she's an expert at bullying and uses her expertise to bully me so much that I have to block her from my page. And do you, but they don't see it. I mean, do you see that hypocrisy in that? Yeah, you're an expert, all right, because you used every trick in the book that you learned. And yet, if you said we need to stop bullying in the schools, it, it's the same thing with the kindness thing. You know, the people who have the posters in their offices in Eugene and around Oregon and in their yard, front yards, a lot of them are some of the nastiest people that come on and say the rudest things to people on my page or to me. And I'm going... How, I remember I got asked to speak at a kindness seminar in Eugene before I left. And there was a group, and this was a time when I was outspoken about lawlessness in Eugene, not homelessness, lawlessness, two things. There are homeless people in Eugene who need help. And there are lawless people who come to Eugene because you give them free drugs, you give them medication, you feed them. So they know it's club med for any kind of person and they don't have to do anything for it. So they come there. And then that takes the funding, which if they were thinking, that takes the funding away from the truly homeless that we need to be helping like veterans, people like that who are on the street. We need to be putting more money into them, but we can't because we're too busy attracting this whole crowd of people and fighting them off. And now you got crime rates that are soaring through the roofs in Eugene Springfield. Um, I see it on pages every day. Um, so they're the ones who are not critically thinking and yet all they do and they're accusing you or me of just getting my information and from right-wing sources and throwing it out there 
and they won't even look at any other sources for information. They just regurgitate whatever Dr. Fauci told them or Joe Biden or the party or, or the progressive woke movement, um, which is destroying people and our country. Um, you know, there's a song by um, Aaron, is it Aaron Lewis? I think that's, I, I love this guy, but I can't remember. He's new for me. And it says, am I the only one? His song is, is I'm the, am I the only one? And it's such a powerful song because he says, you know, <clears throat> if you don't like what I'm doing, there's the door, you know, and, and it used to be that where, when we lived in Oregon, <clears throat> we were really open to letting people believe what they wanted to believe. Um, I think that started dissipating long before the pandemic, because <clears throat> I know back when I was with the city club of Eugene and the president of the club for a couple of years, and their idea of being fair, they were a very liberal group of people, their idea of being fair, and I brought this up, was they used to have a topic, like a, a liberal person would come and give a topic. And then their idea of being fair and giving equal time was having one, the first question coming from someone who opposed that view. <laughs> that's not equal time. Um, but that's how it used to be. And so I used to sit there and watch and think, how phony is this? This is, this is people trying to pretend like they're, um, they're, they're um, um, open-minded and tolerant and, I always find that, that the most the people who preach tolerance the most are usually the most intolerant people I've ever met. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that leads to yeah, Aaron Lewis, Chris, that's who it is. But now he's doing country. And I love his music. I love all of his music. Um, I'm like his biggest fan. My sister introduced me to that song. And it was so amazing because it's, am I the only one who sees this? And I don't, I don't know. I feel like that sometimes. I feel kind of alone. Um, like I'm out here on this um, highway and everybody's, the cars are passing by. And I, I don't know if you guys ever remember that the Wendy's commercial. I think it was Wendy's. It was for some hamburger thing. And no, it was for like a taco place, I think. Anyway, there's a big hole and all these people are just running with burgers and jumping in the hole. Like everybody, oh, everybody has to get a burger and they're jumping into this big, you know, the endless hole. And then there's these other people that are walking along with a taco and they're kind of going, we don't have to eat burgers. And they're looking at these people jumping in the hole and then they're turning around and walking the other way. That's the world we live in right now. Everybody's so busy eating burgers. The, the, the progressive meatless burger that they can't even see um i'm gonna make this a better world for you well you know what maybe i don't want you to make it a better world for me and how is getting rid of gasoline and, and fossil fuels when we really can't do that in that timeline because it makes you feel better so you feel better about like you're pretending to save the world but you really aren't um i mean look at the research i mean seriously if people just looked at the research it's not going to do any good. You can't get us off fossil fuels and you're just going to make people poorer. You're going to hurt the main people you're going to hurt are impoverished people in places like India and Africa, third world countries. That's the people who are going to pay for climate change, um, all this stuff that they think is so pure. And, you know, I'm all for taking care of the world and taking care of the environment. But you have to prove to me first that fossil fuels are really destroying it. Um, or going to, it's going to cost less. What about the human cost? That's what we need to take into account. 
But I think a lot of people on that movement don't really care about humans. Um, it's really about <clears throat> there are too many of us and some of us need to go. And so then when you start asking questions like that, and then you have a pandemic and you wonder where it started, all those questions add up. Okay, so here's one last thing. Have you guys seen this new show on Netflix called um, Designated Survivor? I love it. It's about the United States of America. Somebody bombs the Capitol and the president and all the Congress people, except two are, are saved, are killed, all but two are killed. And so one is a woman, they know how she did. She wasn't in the, in the building at the time. And then the other person they find out is in a bunker and he's actually going to become the vice president. And, he, and this whole thing, I think, was designed so that he gets into office. All these people were killed, but nobody wants to believe it. But I'll tell you what, you watch this show and you're going, this is exactly what's going on. Well, not exactly, but it is what's going on. Um, and, 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 and how do we fight that? Okay, so let's leave this on a positive note. Um, how do we fight it? I think you have to be really covert. And uh, I mean, you have to ask questions, but you also have to leave open-ended questions. And I used to do that really well. I don't do it anymore because I don't think it's my thing. I don't think I'm supposed to. I think I'm supposed to be up here in the front, um, pounding away at these people. Um, and, but I think what we do is we start asking questions amongst our friends. Does that make sense? And leave it open-ended. Um, because at some point they have to be willing to answer. And um, for you in Oregon, what do you do with four years of Kotech? I'd like to be positive today since she just took over, but um, I've been in that game. <laughs> I was told when I ran against Kate Brown how dangerous she was going to be. I really honestly was. Everybody, I had no idea how dangerous, but people said, Rick, you have to do this. We have no one running against her on the Republican side, and um, you have to do this. And I did it. I had no idea. I would have, I took it seriously, but I think I would have fought even harder if I'd known what the last 10 years were going to be like there. But um, I don't think Kotech is going to be any better. And I don't think she's going to listen to the Republicans <clears throat> or the people or rural Oregon. Um, it's all going to be about <clears throat> um, the progressive agenda. And you know what? I hate calling it a progressive agenda. I think it's a regressive agenda. I think progress is made when you, when you care about people and how does that, how does what they're doing care about people um, here in Montana, they're looking to give, they're trying to do tax breaks of like $500 million property tax relief and income tax relief. Is what's going to happen. It's what they're working on in the budget. In Oregon, I cannot tell you the last time they didn't fight to try to get the kicker tax back. And, and there's never a surplus that comes back to Oregonians, to the people. It's our money. So something's not right. And um, so I, you know, I don't know what to say in terms of, I think just in your own home, you know, you raise your kids, you, you teach them how to, how to, how to look beyond race as people, but guess what? That means white people too, because white is a race, just so people out there that know, um, and, and not to judge people by whether they're male or female or white or black. Um, you don't tear down statues, um, because you don't, because 
why don't, instead of why don't you put up other statues of black and Indian folks who were great in history? Why do you have to tear apart the other history? It wasn't all bad. Um, you're here. You're in a country where it's free. It used to be. But all you have, all you do is want to tear apart everything that was there because you think it's bad. Well, then leave. Um, you know, there's plenty of places you can go. Australia, Canada. Of course, now you can't go there without getting proper permission and immigration, which isn't the case in our country either, because we don't have a border. <laughs> We're not really a country anymore. We just have a big open door. I see Joe Biden, what, he's went there today? After this has been going on, how many millions of people have crossed the border and Joe Biden goes today? You're late to the dance, Mr. President. <laughs> and even then, all you're doing is tap dance and you're not really, you're not really addressing the problem. You're just gonna blame somebody else. Because that's another thing that progressives do a lot is blame all of us for thinking. <laughs> oh, I agree. Teach true history. And I'm not saying we've done a good job at teaching African-American history or Indian um, history either. Uh, we need to know what happened, but we also need to look at it factually. And, um, you know, and uh, yeah, did we do some terrible things? Yeah. But, you know, the Native Americans fought against themselves. If they would have fought us right off the bat and joined forces together, we would have never gotten where we are. That's what it was. That was their mistake. But I say that now I'm going to get people screaming at me. But that's factual. Um, Joe went to Trump's wall where he would be safe. <clears throat> All right, you guys, this has been really fun. Um, so how did I end? Well, I wrote a blog for tomorrow. It's on my website. And you guys really should start going to my website because um, I think our days are numbered on these social media platforms, rickdancer.com. And I post all my stuff on there. Um, <clears throat> go over there, rickdancer.com. And I wrote one called Speechless. And it kind of tells a story, but a little more depth of what's going on and follow us. And then, you know, always love my sponsors because we need our sponsors. That's how we pay for what we do. And so that, again, that's New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. And that's uh, BS Free MD. May and Tim, be go over and listen to it. You want some fun, go listen to them on their podcast and you'll learn something at the same time. And then also uh, Chris Dental Family Dentistry and Denture Center, where everybody's welcome. And uh, and uh, you think I'm bad. Dr. Bratlin, he really likes to talk. <laughs> and he, honestly, he's one of the few people, he's, he's kind of like Trump in that way. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't like about Trump, but one thing I do admire, I mean, how do you stand up to the criticism that you've stood up to and not, you know, he's probably on the spectrum, I bet. But I mean, he is like, he's ballsy. He's like a gutsy guy. And again, I don't agree with everything he does. But man, if, if you're going to say who's a gutsy president doesn't give a shit about what you think of him, that's the guy. Now, I don't think he's going to, I don't, I, I don't think he's going to make it again the next time. He's doing too much dumb stuff right now. But <clears throat> I mean, just speaking of the man, but Bratlin's like that. He just doesn't care if people don't um, don't like him. You know, he's not, he's not worried about it. Um, so anyway, all right. So remember our sponsors, remember that kind of stuff. And um, <clears throat> tomorrow night, I have the best show for you guys. You're going to love this, okay? So a couple of weeks, maybe a week ago, I was talking about an artist, Richard Gorsuch, who really changed my world with some profound wisdom. Well, Somebody on here found him, got me his phone number. I called him last week. Richard and his wife, Bonnie, are going to be on the show tomorrow night. And a guy they knew 
had an original copy of the story I did in 2002 on his, on his life. And it's like a six minute little story. So I have that. So we're going to air the story. And then Richard, who's now 89, he'll turn 90 at the end of the month. He and his wife are coming on the show and he's like the most interesting Santa Claus kind of guy. They're coming on the show. We'll have the story and you are going to, it's going to be what real life is all about. Um, and you're going to just, you're going to love it. And then later this week, we have Rob, Bass and Tackle Rob. So we'll get into this again. We'll have another controversial show. And then there's like a case going on in Monroe tonight. <clears throat> I don't completely understand what's happening. City of Monroe is doing some shit. And this family is really upset about it. And I think they're going to come on the show Thursday and talk about what's going on. So <clears throat> we got a great lineup for you. And then we're taking Monday off because my wife's birthday is tomorrow. So she and I are going away for the weekend. But um, anyway, then we're going to uh, we'll take Martin Luther King Day off to honor one of the greatest Americans that ever lived. And we'll be back back at it after that. So if you guys know anybody who's looking to sponsor what we do, likes what we do, wants to be a part of this, um, we have a new package of uh, sponsorships we're putting out. Uh, we can always use more sponsors. Love to have people involved with what we're doing. Um, what was the other thing I was going to ask you? Oh, and, or if you just know a really good interview, go to rickdancer.com, um, share it on my email, and um, I'll find it. Instagram, thanks for being here. We like having you guys along too. Um, and I will wish my wife a happy birthday from you guys. All right. Have a good night. Uh, thanks. You guys made me feel a lot better about my day. <laughs> I guess what I'm telling you is I kind of need you. I guess we're human beings. We really do need each other, don't we? That's the good part of life. <laughs>